Hey, welcome to Property Investment Blueprint Podcast. I am with Stephanie Taylor. It's one of the biggest rent-to-rent property investors. I am super delighted to have you on Property Investment Blueprint Podcast. How are you? I'm amazing. Rahim, it's amazing to be on. And I've known of you for many years. We were talking earlier that we met four years ago in Cardiff. And it's been great seeing you grow so big. And I went on your YouTube channel earlier. It's fantastic. Thank you. It's great to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you. For the people that do not know you, what is your contact from your earliest years? I need to understand to understand Stephanie. Wow, that's a great question. And I listen to a lot of podcasts, Raheem. I love a podcast. And you hear people saying, I was always an entrepreneur at school. I was selling this. I was wheeler dealing. I always knew that I was going to be uh, successful in business. And that just wasn't the case for me. I was not somebody who had that inbuilt confidence in business, quite the opposite. I would look at business situations and think that's for them, that's for other people, that's for people with information, that's for people who've got a background, that's for people who've got the network. And growing up as a girl, I was quite shy and I used to read a lot of books because I realised when you're reading, your mum doesn't ask you to do any chores. (laughs) (laughs) Good excuse. (laughs) no I but I loved I loved reading genuinely and um I've always I've always loved learning I had my son Alex when I was 18 just about to turn 19 and so life got very complicated then um or just was a bit harder and it felt like pushing a boulder uphill and really struggling to move that inches forwards and only to, if you gave up for one minute, you know, you found yourself uh, falling back again. And so that's why in the last few years, when I found more success uh, in business and financially, I found more peace in my life and being able to pass some of these knowledge on to my son. it's just felt like freedom. Yeah. And so I just want to go back to my younger self and say, actually, it's so much easier than you think. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons that I've been so passionate about going out and speaking on podcasts and speaking on videos, even though I'm a naturally a quieter or shyer person, because I want people to know, yeah, this is a a true thing that you can actually make money from property without buying it. Wow. Okay. So take me back then. Um, uh, When, when you were young, um, what was your aspiration growing up? Yeah. Um, it's so funny. I I did I did okay at school actually. And but I didn't have I think that was one of the problems. I didn't have a clear aspect of what I needed to do. The only sort of dream I had was I loved books so much mm-hmm. that it would have felt really magical to be an author. But it wasn't a dream in the way that people have goals nowadays where you think it's something that's going to happen. It was just something I thought, wow, it would be amazing to be able to write a book. Wow. Wow. Okay. So um, what was your favorite subject? What's my favorite subject? Wow. I've done my last anything like this. Well, I think it was, there was two favorites and they were both really to do with the teachers And one was Mrs. Boots and she was my English teacher and she really saw something in me and she encouraged me in a different way. She noticed me. She could see me because I was one of the um, in my junior school days, I was one of the quieter ones. But she noticed me and saw something in me. And Mr. Mr. Cushing, he was a chemistry teacher and people didn't really like Mr. Cushing at, at too much they liked Mrs Boots she was very lovely and warm and happy and friendly but Mr Cushing was a little bit more sort of austere and abrupt but he was very good at at chemistry and he sort of showed the artistry and experiments and you could try things out and put this thing with that thing and what would happen and so I loved I loved the art and magic of chemistry because of Mr Cushing. Wow Brilliant, beautiful subject to 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 like, to be honest. So thanks for sharing that with us. So how was home like at your young age? How was how was your family like as a daughter of a um uh, are you twins or you're just sisters? 
sisters yeah 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 uh so yeah as you know I've got my sister Nikki so I'm the eldest by two years and so my dad was in the army um in the British army and he lived in he moved around we moved around to with him until we went to school so my sister was born in Germany then we moved to uh, Birmingham we settled down in Birmingham we had a really nice family life um until and and we had we had both sides. So my mum was very practical, an amazing cook, could do sewing, could make things. In the 1970s, people used to make stuff. <laughs> you know, yes. women uh used to used to make things. And um so so we had all that on the one side. My dad was more of a he was in the army and he'd been through that system. He understood all about rules and etiquette and sort of he understood a, a, a different way of seeing the British society, which yeah. was handy for us to learn. Mm-hmm. And he also was a bit more of a philosopher. He encouraged you, you know, he encouraged us to think for ourselves and not just my mum my was more of a because I said so kind of a person. My dad was more of a what do you think about this sort of person? So it was a great partnership. Uh, while they were, while they were married. Wow, beautiful! You know, um, I, 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 I commend him for that because being an army personnel, you've got these strict rules to follow and all that sort of thing. So it's, 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 it's good to know that. So you said you were quiet when you are in school or when you are going to school. Were you bullied in school? Well, it's funny. I've never talked about this on any show. Nobody's ever asked me, and I was bullied a little bit because. I, I just, you know, some people, I don't want to blame the victim, but sometimes if you're a bit quieter, people, you know, bully you. And um, I used to wear braces and I had I had these huge two goofy teeth at the front. Yeah. There was a, 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 a mile gap in between my two front teeth. <laughs> I, I, had, I had various different braces to bring all my teeth into alignment together. And say so it would be like Jaws. That was one of my nicknames. And um, yeah, so so yeah, I was bullied a bit, but not in the not beaten up and in the way that people can really be bullied. Um, right. Does that does that transform you in in a way that you become really resilient today or being able to go through tough tough times? I don't know if the two are connected, but yeah, I I can go through tough times, and I am. Um, courage, cor- uh, courageous, and optimistic. Um, I always feel like I'm going to get through it. It's not that I'm never sad. I am sometimes sad. Sometimes you can't see your way through. But I am one of those people that in the morning I always think, you know what, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate that that answer. Some people say tra- traditional education is dead and redundant relevant irrelevant well what is your viewpoint on that well if you mean by traditional education paying a lot of money to go to university correct um i think it is redundant for many professions or for men for the ambitions of many people it is redundant so if you want to grow start and grow an incredible business for example there's so many ways to learn how to do that yeah and having a traditional education might not be it. If you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or that sort of thing, a professor, then you probably need to go through that traditional education. And I think it depends what you enjoy because there's more to education than helping you get the job going through that process. So if you're somebody who is young and you know you, you your family or whoever can finance that for you, and it's going to be a good experience for you, i.e. you're going to enjoy that process, then maybe it's for you. If you're somebody who just wants to get out there mm. and start making it economically, financially, and find your purpose doing 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 that, you know, and become the person who creates the jobs, then absolutely we're seeing so much more that that is, that is the way to go as well. Yeah, I, I really do do agree with you on that. Um, you get me to remember when I finished uni because I did accounting and finance. I was told do accounting finance, get yourself a nice job, you go um work for, in the city and stuff like that. So what I soon realized when I started was they had to train me and teach me everything. 
right? I was thinking, why did I have that degree if I was going to get teached again or taught again about how to do everything? Then I asked my director then. I said, what was the point to go to uni? He goes like, you got to get you through the doors, mate. That's yeah. it. And uh, it gets me thinking, really, was it really worth me going through uni, going through all that hustle and getting that debt on top of me and all that sort of thing? That really gets me to start thinking, maybe what people are saying was kind of true. But as you said, being a doctor, a nurse, a pharmacist, perhaps you need to go to uni for that. Well, you wanted to be an entrepreneur, wanted to be a businessman. Maybe you want to get someone who's doing what you're doing. Ment get, get them to mentor you or maybe shadow them or work for them. I think that would give you a better, valuable knowledge and implementation than probably going to uni to learn about it. Because I've never been taught at uni how to, how to, how to basically invest or use money. You know, I was trained to become an employee, yes, rather than become an entrepreneur or a business person. So I really, really relate to that, especially when you're answering that question. So thank you, thank you. Can you share? Can Can you share your journey? from thinking property investment wasn't for you due to lack of connection to co-founding HMO Heavens and managing properties worth over two million. Yeah, wow. Um, and the, 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 the properties that we manage have gone, grown so much more since even we, we wrote that. But one thing that just came to mind as you were speaking was, I was listening to a podcast the other day. I love podcasts. And it was called My First Million. And the guy had on his show um, a woman who'd bought an egg carton uh, business. Yeah. And she was speaking to somebody at this high fancy university in America. And she noticed he was very responsive. If she sent a text or an email, they were in a group project together. And she said it was almost annoying. She says, why are you so responsive? Yeah. And he said, Goldman. And he meant Goldman Sachs. Yeah. And they have 15 minutes to reply on the same mechanism by which they get the message. So if it's text or email or whatever it is, 15 minutes to reply. And she said, what if your wife's in labor? 15 minutes. What if you're in the shower? 15 minutes. What if you're getting married? 15 minutes. minutes. And she said, I realized in that moment, I didn't want to be somebody else's bitch. Whoa, I like that. And I thought, Pff. yes, it's just most jobs are not 15 minutes. OK, but most and many jobs, especially today when people can work from home, have got all sorts of high expectations that you're going to be checking on, checking in all times of the day and night and that your life does not belong to you. It belongs to them and that's what they're paying you for in your salary mm -hmm. and so I think whenever we're thinking about anything like this and what you're doing uh Raheem is letting people know that there's other options and that even on the side of your job that you can have other other options so how I went from not thinking that any of this was my world to like founding several successful businesses is I was I had a moment and I think every every big life change, it starts with a simple decision. It starts with an idea. It all starts in your mind. Yeah. And mostly we have the idea in our mind and we never take action on it. Yeah. Um, but I had an idea in my mind and it was so strong, the urge and the impulse. And, you know, it was like one of those ideas where you have it in your mind and you can feel it in your belly. You just know that this is your this is your future. And what it was, was that my mum had got ill and called me in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to dash her off the phone because... Mm -hmm. I had a presentation wow. and you know, when somebody starts apologizing, no, sorry to disturb you. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. And you get off the phone. And then in the afternoon, after my presentation, I was at my desk thinking, Oh, see how well it went. See how clever you are, Stephanie. You know, your boss said that it went well. And the questions and the interaction, I was just giving myself a mental pat, pat on the back and yeah. thinking how great I was. And then it just did a flashback replay of this conversation with my mum in the morning. Mm. And, you know, your intuition comes to you and says, oh, she was feeling scared and lonely and you dashed off the phone. And 
who do you want to be what kind of person are you you know if you've got to make a choice if you said is your mum more important or your job you would probably say your mum but in actual fact it's your job and I just I just thought to myself in that moment the bank will be absolutely fine without you but your mum won't and also I want to be the person who is there for my mum um when I'm on my deathbed, I know that what's going to be important to me is my relationship with my family, that I, my loved ones, and all of that. It's not going to be what did I do for Lloyd's Bank or whatsoever bank, um, because I know that they're going to carry on absolutely fine without me. And that's not to say that you don't do a good job in your job. Absolutely, you do a good job in your job. But I just realised, and I just thought to myself, how do people do this who don't have to go to work? What are they doing? And I knew it was something to do with business. And I know this sounds very naive, but I thought, I don't know what they're doing to do with business that can replace a salary, you know, a decent salary. Yeah. And I knew that I could have had a hobby business. I've seen people do that, but they're really struggling and it's not really working for them. So I thought, I need to find out how to replace my salary with a business that I can do. And I know that I'm not sophisticated in business. I don't know all these things. So I was struggling to think, what could I do that could be successful? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's a really inspiring story. Um, Again, um, it's like you're speaking my language there. Um, The same thing occurred to me as well was, was I used to work as an accountant, but I used to work ridiculous long hours. I'll tell you that now. I used to work from eight in the morning and almost literally six at night and almost six days a week as well. But one Saturday I woke up in the morning, I had a I had an epiphany, I would say. I woke up, I thought to myself, what if I get run by a boss? What if I fall ill? What if one of my son fell ill, I have to look after them? My company, and I thought my company would look after me for a couple of months, but perhaps that would be the longest they could look after me. And then after that, I'm on my own. Then I had that striking moment that tells me at that time, I was only making money while I work. Mm. And then I thought to myself, maybe I could do something else. Maybe I can go and become a chartered accountant. Maybe that, that would help. I went on double down, did my chartered accountancy, only to find out, really, I'm getting the rope tighter in my neck. Mm. And uh, I realized it wasn't helping. So I thought to start thinking about how I can make money work for me instead of me working for it. And I start looking because I was told at college, at university, not to copy anybody because that was my barrier, basically. Uh, as an accountant, when you're doing these exams, you're not allowed to literally copy anyone. You have to literally get it right, mm-hmm. right? So then I start thinking about how can I make money work for me? And what are other people doing? What are other organizations doing? What are other companies doing? So back then I was working for a corporate world. I was working for an investment bank. I thought to myself, okay, we have Deutsche Bank. We have JP Morgan and Chase. We have Lloyd. They're kind of doing the same thing, right? Then I thought to myself, are they not copying each other? Surely they are, right? And then I looked at eBay. I said, okay, eBay. Oh, we've got Amazon. Actually, and we've got Alibaba. Then I start bringing these dots together. And then what really then really, really gets me to literally say, I've been brainwashed at uni was when I start thinking about supermarkets. I said, they all sell exactly the same thing. They copy each other, right? Maybe the ingredients are not exactly the same quantity or quality, but they're selling the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And then I said, you know what? I need to take my financial situation into my own hands, take, make my financial independence, my duty, responsibility, and obligation. Mm-hmm. And look for someone that I can copy to the dot to get me to where I want to go. So that was my epiphany moment for me. Since that, since that day, that moment, that time, yes. I take that responsibility 
So it has transformed my life because that was a scary moment to be in. So I can relate to when you said your mom rang you. You're thinking about work. You, you love your mom so much, but you've got bills to pay for, right? You've got to look, you've got to present that presentation. I can see how you could use that as a positive energy to get you to where you want to go. So really appreciate you sharing that with me. No, I I totally agree. And um and going on that journey, you just realize that the energy you put, you think like I thought, oh, I couldn't run a business, but actually the same exact energy that you were putting into making your accountancy firm better, making your investment bank better with your accountancy services that you're providing paid yeah. for salary and me with my contractor services, the same energy I'm putting into that, I can put into my own business. And it just gives you as well a purpose, um, a feeling of freedom, a feeling of choice, yeah. and an actual, the actual opportunity of choice, mm -hmm. about more so about what you do with your time than you do when you're working 24-7 for somebody else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So let's look at, let's talk about challenges. What were the biggest challenges you faced when you started in property investment and how did you overcome them? Well, I think the, the main challenges that we all face at the beginning is that you, we don't believe in ourselves enough and also other people are quick to tell you all the reasons why it won't work and the things that they're saying to you are true. So, you know, you haven't got experience, you haven't, you haven't done business before. What if the landlords do this? What if a tenant does that? What if... All of these things could happen. So it's not like they're making it up and lying to you. It's like, and, and I think at the beginning, I found it really hard. I had this fire in my belly to do it at, at the same time. And I had this level of certainty that I would be successful. But at the same time, I was still scared. And uh, from working with people over the years, what I see is that sometimes they let the fear mean that it's wrong. Yeah. They let the fear mean that, oh, I shouldn't do this. So I think you've got to let the fear mean this is just a normal part of life. Until I acclimatise to this level of uh, success, then um, I might be fearful. So, so I think that was the first one. And I think the second one, because people don't like, or people prefer to get something more practical. They don't like it when you talk about mindset stuff because they think, well, I won't be scared. <laughs> I, mean, I won't be scared it'll be fine for me but most people are scared at some point when they're starting a new business um but the the other thing was that they're dealing with people so they're asking for properties speaking to agents speaking to landlords managing tenants who might do naughty things mm. and having the belief in yourself to be able to communicate in a way that is persuasive to other people. Yeah. So um, how are you able to overcome the challenges? I think the number one challenge in your head is just every single day, um, I was listening to YouTube channels like yours, listening to podcasts like yours, and just having it over and over go in my mind that people are succeeding in this. Ordinary people are succeeding in this. And that helped me to overcome those fears. And when it comes to relationships with people, I think it's an inside out job. Mm -hmm. So on the one hand, you've got to have the thoughts and be conscious of mm -hmm. thinking, mm. I can do this. Yeah. I can get my first property. You know, I you might not be able to believe I can own a multi-million pound property portfolio on day one, but you might be able to believe I can manage a property and mm -hmm. do a good job of it. They would be, you know, lucky to work with us and things like that. So I just started increasing the intensity of the things I believed about myself and my property business so that when I communicate with someone, they can feel that energy. They can feel that I believe mm -hmm. I can do it rather than, you know, when you speak to people and they feel afraid. Yeah. And even though they don't say that, it's communicated to you just by the level of their voice or how their body how their body is. You mm. can feel it if somebody is in belief. Yeah. It comes across in a different way. And so that was something I had to learn because I think when you are shy 
you mm. are always thinking what are people thinking of me what what this and what that and when you become more inner confident mm. you're thinking about how you can help people how you can listen to people how you can be there for people and it puts you into a different a different state a state of mind where people do listen to you where people do want to know what you think and where people do believe you absolutely i love that thank you for sharing that with me so i can i, I can tell because as i said um action speaks louder than words so your body language i think they said is it 90 or 75 percent yeah um uh, what you say so if they can see the genuinity in you and they believe in you why should they not believe in you because um if you believe in you everybody else will believe you basically so um at the beginning i understand where you've got this skeptic going around saying you might not do this this is not for you it's too painful and why would you leave your nine to five job you got your fixed salary all the time you don't have to worry about not getting paid and all that sort of thing i do understand that sometimes you'll be thinking well i might as well but entrepreneurs like yourself are the ones that gets people to believe that they could really achieve whatever they've set themselves to achieve you mentioned this strategy of rent to rent yeah as a transformative approach could you explain the concept for our listeners and how it can be a game changer for those looking to invest in property? Yeah. And you do this as well, don't you, Raheem? Yes, I do. Yeah. So rent to rent is like buy to let, but buy to let, you have to buy, uh, pay £50,000, £50, possibly more for the deposit and what other buying costs, maybe refurbishment to buy a property. And then at the end of it, you make £200, £300 a month. Yeah. So with rent to rent, it's very similar to buy to let, except you rent the property to rent it out again. So you only need sometimes nothing at all, sometimes a few hundred pounds, sometimes a bit more, but you need a small amount of money. And from every property that you do, you make over 500 pounds a month. Some of our properties make over a thousand pounds a month. So you only need a small number of properties. And there's two main ways to do rent to rent. One is to rent properties out by the room, like, um, an HMO, House of Multiple Occupation, yeah. student-let, where everybody's got, although we do it with professionals, but it's like a student-let, yeah. where everybody has their own bedroom and then they share a kitchen and sometimes they might have their own bathroom or they might share bathrooms. But on, on those properties, you're renting it out individually by the room. You're using existing HMOs mm -hmm. that are already set up this way. And it's a, it's a it's a way for you to be able to make money without needing to buy the property. Well, um, uh, I think that that is a really good strategy because, to be honest with you, that's the strategy that got me started in the first place. Um, as I said, when you start, you always got these people telling you you can't do it. I was told I need 200000 300000 to start. In my property investment journey, I was thinking, how much money is do? How many years do I have to save to get even fifty thousand pounds? But obviously, I bumped into um, rent to rent. Um, when I when I saw, it, I thought it was too good to be true. But you're absolutely right. Um, it's a strategy that would really anybody can do it. Basically, you know, anybody can do it who's got the right frame of mind, the right mentor, coach to guide them. It's one of the best ways to start your investment journey because that's what I was able to use as a starting point to get me to start investing, buying my own properties and uh, having an estate agency and a renovation company. So I really, really relate to that. Literally, I love that strategy. So thanks for sharing that with me. Your your, your journey is very ins inspiring. What, what motivated you to shift from nine to five job to property investment and how has that changed your life? Yeah. Oh gosh, how's that changed my life? It's just changed everything. I was just uh, a person who was going to work and you know living life outside, thinking that was it. But now we've we've built up our own rent to rent portfolio. We've got a team in who manage those properties. We bought bought a property portfolio because there's lots of different ways to use other people's money. OPM. Yeah. And um, there's lots of different ways to use OPM, but also we've got our own uh, cash flowing business as well. So we can use our own money and other people's money. And we bought a portfolio of properties, mainly blocks of flats. So some of them were blocks of flats where we bought an office and converted it into four flats. We've got a big house that we converted into four flats. And we've got a big 
well, a block of 12 flats that um we converted. Sorry, it was already converted, but we'd done them up. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do, when you convert the blocks of flats, you increase the value. Yeah. Because they're on a commercial um valuation that's based on the rental income. So when we bought the block of flats, it had a rental income of forty-four thousand pounds. The valuation was four hundred and forty k, but we got it for three hundred and seventy-five thousand pounds. And now the same property, the rental income is sixty-six thousand pounds. Wow! And the valuation is six hundred and sixty thousand. And we're in Wales, like you, so properties don't go up usually that quickly. So it's it's an incredible strategy and to think I would be here you know on a podcast or anywhere talking about owning this property or these properties it 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 still blows my mind because what I want people to understand who are listening is it's only a few years ago you know that we were just starting out you know not long after we not not long before we met you yeah 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 I do remember that so um, what advice would you give to someone from a black or ethnic minority background who is interested in property investment but might feel intimidated Yeah. because they don't see their type of people in it or yes. financial or the knowledge barriers? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's one thing that is totally for sure. There is discrimination. There are people who do not want you to succeed. That is absolutely a fact. What I say to you is do not be one of them. Do not be one of the people who don't want you to succeed. Do not count yourself out before you even start because you can succeed. And all of those people who thought you couldn't do it, you could laugh in their face. But do not let what you think other people think stop you from taking the actions because the simple steps that you see Raheem taking, you see me taking, you see other people in the community taking these are the same simple steps that you can take and you can absolutely have the success that you want. And I even go further than that and say, you will be surprised by the success that you have because you might just think that you want to just get buy your own small portfolio, start off in rent to rent, buy your own small portfolio, and then you end up doing something much, much bigger than that. Absolutely. You also get me thinking here. When I st- Before I started my property investment journey, I had these barriers as a beginner, thinking, oh, I wasn't born in this country. Um, yes. People don't understand my accent. Yes. And plus, I'm young, I'm black from London. Yes. Who, who the hell is going to give me their property? So I had that barrier um, that I thought was one of the biggest barriers ever. And that that had stopped me from, from investing, thinking, I'm an accountant. I was born to be an accountant. Just stay where you are, get comfortable there. Because I kept having this these barriers, these, 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 these obstacle of um, not being able to be understood if I approach landlords. But I was thinking they're all British, they're all English, um, uh, and they wouldn't understand me, stuff like that. But the thing that really helps me overcome that obstacle is, again, you've said this already, is by looking at videos, YouTube, um, reading books like yours, and uh, things like that and looking at the people that look got the same color skin as me and even accent <laughs> similar accents to me as well and start looking at athletes like Mo Farah Usain Bolt I'm thinking these guys can do it I can absolutely do it in a smaller scale so um I can see how some beginners would would, would struggle but um it's about just going through your fear you know um uh, if you look into do it go through it the only way you can conquer fear is going through it and i'm not here to say it's easy right it's, it's hard work but with consistency perseverance and commitment getting someone to guide you along the way it would only make you stronger and better so thank you for sharing that with us so in your experience what are the key factors that contribute to success in your property investment especially um, for those strategies that requires a little money to no experience. Okay, a little money and no experience. Little money, yeah, and, and minimum experience. 
Okay. Well, your main your main barrier in in this is going to be yourself, and so your biggest success is going to be the ability to take action. If you can take action, as you said, consistently, persistently, um, you will win. Because when we came into this, and our brains are very clever, Raheem, because your brain was telling you, "Oh, I can't do it because of my." Um, because I'm black I can't do it because of my accent but my brain's telling me something else I can't do it because of these I can't do it because I'm a woman I can't do it because I'm black maybe in Wales they don't like black people etc so our brains will always find why we can't do it there'll be other people listening to this who aren't black um, who who also have their own reasons that they can't do it Um, but yeah if you want to do this you've got to take action You've got to build up the belief you have in yourself to succeed. Mm. And I I think of it in this way, believe bigger. That's the first step. You've got to build up. And for most people, it's not a switch. It's build up. You build up your belief Mm -hmm. in yourself. You build up your belief in bigger goals. Believe bigger, be bolder. And that means stand up. When people are saying to you uh, in your family, um, you can't do this because you haven't got any experience because remember the time when you were three and this thing happened or remember the time when you were 14 and such and such a thing happened you can't do this and they're not trying often they're not trying to make you feel bad they're just expressing they don't think they could do it and yeah. so they're passing that on to you and you've got to be bolder and be bold enough to stand up and say I'm a property investor or whatever you are and take the action steps towards it and be a game changer be a game changer is Mm -hmm. about changing the game in your own life becoming a leader in your own life Mm -hmm. having a purpose and a vision and moving towards that vision and you'll be shocked how all the family and people around you who were saying you couldn't do it and now asking you how you're doing it and so you're changing the game for them as well yeah and some of them say to you oh I knew you were going to do that but really and truly, they they were when they were the doubters. Because I remember when I started mine, right? People thinking I'm crazy. You know, they're thinking, how can you do this, bro? You can't do it. You know, like, you know, it's not for you. One, you live in a shared house. Your wife just arrived. She can barely speak English, and she's pregnant. And you're thinking of doing this and quitting your job. It's not really gonna work. You know, but yeah, but I I literally defy all the odds and said to myself, I can do it. So even the audiences, um, it's just about, as you said, fear is not a real thing. It's a perception of what people think is going to happen. It's not a real thing. So as I said, um, it's just literally, if you believe in you, you could do it. Um, if a boy that probably came from as a foster home, as a foreigner, was able to do it, that's what I tell my investors, basically. If I can do it, looking at my background, you can absolutely smash it. You know, so um, thanks for sharing that with with us. I really, really appreciate that. So what inspired you to write the book Rent to Rent Success? And what are the main takeaway you hope readers will gain from it? Yeah, great questions. Well, I would always, as a, a little girl, been a reader and I um, had the idea to do the book. And at the time, there wasn't a book out there that went step by step through the whole process. We had worked out a process. And one of the things that makes us a little bit um, different is that we do map things out and we're very clear. And we've got all of we've got everything written down as well as speaking it so that the people have got the exact roadmap of everything they need to do. And so that's why we wrote the book to share that because not everybody is in the position to take on a mentorship or to get mentored. But with the book, they've got the full uh, six set system there at a very affordable price. And the biggest takeaway of the book is that if you want to do it, you can. We're big believers, my sister and I, that ethical property investment is open to anyone who wants it. And something you said earlier was very powerful because you went from being in foster care, which is a rocky start for most. You don't, you know, you don't have the family base to spring from. You're in a different country. And all of all of that, what all of that does to your mind space. And yet you made a success of this. And I think that should give people so much encouragement because 
it's it's open to anybody who wants it. Fantastic. I love your book, by the way. Um, I've read it. You know, I like the way you've made it so simple. I said to a friend of mine who's been banging me to interview you, basically, because he told me about the book. He said, bro, that book, even an eight-year-old can literally pick it up and read it and understand exactly what they're on about. I said, okay, brilliant. So I pick it up. It's literally a mind-blowing book, and anybody from any level can use that to better themselves. Um, so thank you for sharing your knowledge. To well, us. I'd love to give a free copy um, to anybody who would like it, and I'll give you a link afterwards, um, com slash P-I-B. Um, and they'll be able to get a free a free copy of the book. But thank you for your comments, Raheem. No problem. You're welcome. What are your future goals in the property in investment world? And how do you plan to continue inspiring others in this field? Yeah. So what I want to do in property, I, I had another moment, you know, you have these epiphanies every now and again. And I thought, what are we going to do? We've got all of these flats and all of these properties. We usually buy blocks of flats or convert to a block of flat. And we put that into trust. Uh -huh. So people who struggle to get beautiful, affordable accommodation can get these properties, can use these properties, because I want this to move forward that everything that we've built up, it will be an educational and property trust. So people can learn how to get their own properties if they want. And they also learn and they also have a lovely home that's a safe home. And I found it hard to find properties to rent when I was younger and had my young son. Mm -hmm. And so so that's one part of it. And the second part is just to build up uh, the size of the deals that we're doing. The biggest one so far was the block of 12 flats. But what we realized compared with doing the smaller deals, the 12 was kind of, in a way, easier than doing blocks of floor or blocks, excuse me, blocks of four. So what we want to do and moving forward is find bigger deals, you know, 24 plus units um, and work on those and add them to the trust. And um, we also have, we still obviously mentor people in rent to rent, but we also help women over 40 to blow up their yeah. lives. Okay. Yeah. And we've got a badass manifesto. And that's really about taking the magic of who you are or who you used to be and maybe have faded a bit, unleashing that badass inside of you and creating the exact life you want. So yeah, those are the things that we're doing now. What an amazing goal. I'm having goosebumps that when when you're when explaining about your trust, like the idea behind it by giving back, you know, uh, people that are struggling, you know, it really, really um uh, brings bring brings something really, really personal to me. Because I was one of those, you know, looking for houses, I couldn't get it. You know, I used to sleep in my friend's sofas and all that sort of thing. So what you're doing there is absolutely amazing. And uh I'm sure you will get millions and millions of reward, not just financially, but literally good deeds that, that comes your way for doing that. I really, really appreciate you for even sharing that with us. Thank you. So your enthusiasm and energy is what draws me to you when I saw everything online about yourself. What really keeps you going without losing your enthusiasm? Yeah, great question. Um... I just feel ever since that day when I had that realisation and that fire started burning in my belly that it's been there. Now, I don't want everyone who's listening to this podcast to think I wake up every single day, you know, ready to go and excited about life. I am a human as well. So I have my ups and downs. But overall, I love, I love being in business. I love waking up and knowing that we're the controllers of our own destiny mm -hmm. that we are creating something from nothing we, we're providing an incredible service and we're making money and we're employing people and we're creating these beautiful homes and we're also helping people change their mindset and get started so a couple of weeks ago we had our rent to rent revolution event mm -hmm. and some of our students past students came back to talk about how rent to rent had changed their lives and there was people from every different um, background 
um, in terms of some have got um, a family and some haven't got a family, some are young, some are older. And I remember Maria, who is a busy mum of three, she's in IT, so she's not twiddling her thumbs. And she started this and she built up a portfolio. She got three more properties again, new properties last week, wow. or the week before the event, rather. And she was saying... She was saying that her husband was so shocked because they were doing a kitchen conversion and you know how conversions always go over yeah. and they needed extra money. And she was giving extra money from her business that ended up over £60,000 and wow. he didn't realise that the business was doing so well. And so it gives me so much heart to be able to change people's lives in that way and just get that message out there that this is absolutely possible for us. Only 32% of people, black people in the UK, own their own homes compared to 64% of white people. Wow. And I would love to see that change. You can absolutely own your own homes. You can absolutely buy investment properties. You can absolutely learn, you know, do rent to rent and get started in property without buying it. There's so many options open to you. Um, it's it's just incredible the this time that we live in. Wow, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. You talked about hard time when we started this this interview um, about your mom. Or um, I'm definitely inspired by people who overcome hard time. Do you mind sharing a time or event that was really hard time for you and how you overcame it? Yeah, um, I think I think when my son was little, I felt so bad because I wanted to do the best for him but I was really struggling for, uh, for money and when I look back on it now it was it's just like a different world because when I go to the supermarket now I do not look on the price before I put the things in my basket and um, I choose what I would like to have and I used to go to the supermarket with my purse people mainly paid cash in those days there was no smartphones I would actually take a calculator with me because they would change the price and I would not want to be left in short. And I used to budget to the pennies because it would be such and such, such and such, and so many pence was for this and this and that. And I would have the money in cash. I used to go to the post office, queue up for income support, £92 a week, uh, sorry, a fortnight. And then, you know, you would have to do your shopping and pay your bills and everything and on that little on that little money. And I I I, I don't want to make it seem like this is some terrible thing because so many people go through that. Yeah. And now we're in the recession. So many people are going through that again. Yeah. And so it's even more important now than ever to take steps instead of buying, you know, an iPhone or a big, a bigger television or this or that, investing in creating another stream of income. Wow. 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 Thank you for sharing that with us. Really, really appreciate that. Let's get to the quick fair run questions now. Are you ready for this? Yes. Let's yes, go I'm ready. Right. Um, what advice you remember receiving? Um, what advice? Oh my gosh. The only thing I can think of now is I don't want to be somebody else's bitch. <laughs> Best advice you remember receiving? I don't want to be somebody else's bitch. Don't be somebody else's bitch. Okay. Your biggest regret? Not starting sooner. Is there something you believe that lots of people disagree with? Lots of people disagree that you can be successful in property. What is the best book you've ever read or listened to? The Slight Edge. Does money change you? Yes. I was going to say no, but I think it does change you. You become... I think you can become more of who you are because you don't have to worry. Like, when I didn't have money, I had to spend so much time worrying and fretting about this and that. I couldn't. I didn't feel, like, relaxed in my life but when you're relaxed in your life you can make bigger goals you feel more content you feel more confident I think there's a level of money which is not that high that does increase your contentment but I think beyond that it doesn't change you as much 
uh, some of the nice things that you think will be nice are nice, like loving the place where you live, going on nicer holidays, driving a fancy car. I've now got a Porsche. All of those things are great. But the the top things in my life that give me that buzz every day are seeing other people succeed with with the work that we're doing. Um, seeing other people succeed, knowing that we're going to have this trust in place, knowing, seeing my family and being able to pass all this on to them. Not not the properties, but the knowledge. So my son's already investing in property. He's also investing in the stock market. He's already going to have his own assets and he's going to be able to pass all that knowledge on to his own kids. Mm -hmm. So all of those are the things that, that make me happy. Good. Is there something you used to strongly believe you recently changed your mind on? Oh, there's so many things I changed my mind on. Um, but... Is there something I strongly believe that I... Oh, eating. We were talking about this before. Yeah. I strongly believed uh, um, that going low meat to was more healthy. But certain things I've come about, the nutrient density of meat and thinking about the way our ancestors used to eat makes me understand now that a meat-based diet is the most healthy one, especially as you're getting older and you need to keep up your muscles. Fantastic, thank you. Is there something in the world you fundamentally think is wrong and you'd like to change? I just think it's just the negativity. We're also focused on negativity. Our human brains go to why, why we can't, what's wrong with us? And I, I, what I would love to see is just more teaching in schools about how to think how to think positively, how to get the best results out of your own self and your own brain with your thinking. Fantastic. This podcast is called Property Investment Blueprint Podcast. What does Property Investment Blueprint means to you? It means a step-by-step -step method for property investment success. Wow, that's the best summary I've ever had. Thank you for doing that. So final question. If there was only one person you'd love me to interview, who would that person be and why? Well, I'm just going to say who's on the tip of my tongue because um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts but of Ryan Pineda and he's an American a real estate investor, as they call it over there. And yeah, it'd be great to see um, an interview with him. Fantastic. I will work on that. What an amazing way to um, end the podcast. That was an absolutely great special moment with you, Stephanie. Really appreciate that. If someone is interested in joining your, your program, how will they contact you? Where should we follow you and where are you hanging out on social media? Amazing. So I'm at renttorentsuccess.com. Uh, you can, that's our website. If you want to get a free copy of the book, renttorentsuccess.com slash PIB for property investment blueprint. And uh, we're on all of the channels at Rent to Rent Success, Instagram, TikTok, and all the places. Wow. Thank you, Stephanie. Really, really, I really, really appreciate you having on. You've given us so much inspiration. Thank you for helping people transform their life through property investment. And it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Property Investment okay. Podcast. Okay. Thank you so much, Raheem. Um, I'm, it's, it's been a pleasure to be on. Thank you.